Hello, my professional people, and welcome to the first Bridging the Gap podcast. My name is Rachel Dorman, and I am an occupational therapist. I named this podcast channel Bridging the Gap because in so many ways, that's what we as occupational therapists do. A person needs to get from one side to another. They may have a bridge that needs to be rebuilt, reformed, created anew entirely, and we are here with materials, skill, knowledge, and mad problem-solving skills to help them achieve those goals. The purpose of this podcast is to share the knowledge I have gained with other practitioners so they too can help their clients, peers, co-workers, and co-workers bridge gaps on their own practice and be more effective builders. Okay, enough with the metaphor. This week's podcast is the first in a series to advocate for clients and caregiver education. I have many ideas to branch out to educator to educate clients and caregivers specifically. However, today I am talking to you, the OT actively providing care in the field. The one who may get frustrated when you feel like your clients just don't want to put in the work. Here you are with your client-centered plans, bricks, rope, and other materials ready to build a bridge, and you feel like your client is chilling on a lounger, drink in hand, wanting you to build the bridge for them. Believe me, I have been there. I am there, but I'm going to let you in on a secret. Get ready, because you may not want to hear it or accept it. It's not the client's fault. Okay, so before you stop this episode, hear me out. Anytime the bridge building gets stopped, I rarely, and I mean like 0.1% of the time, blame anyone else but me. I typically ask myself, what went well? What could have been better? And I come to the realization that a big struggle was with the HEPs, or the Home Exercise Program handouts, that I gave to my clients. So I've done what I thought was my best. I create meaningful tasks for patients to do at home. I problem-solved with them on when to do it and checked in on their progress regularly. And maybe about 10% of the population I've served do great. The rest need more motivation or assistance and clarity. Have you ever asked yourself, Does this client know why I'm giving this homework? Does this client understand this homework? How do you know if they do or don't? A lot of the times I see a sort of glazed over look like, and or they're just, you know, quick to respond like, oh yes, absolutely. I can do this. No problem. Whenever that happens, abort, abort, because the bridge is about to collapse or you lose a a few bricks. When our clients don't complete their HEPs, a large reason may be due to the fact that they just don't understand it. Readability is a concept that defines the ease with which text is read. It looks at the type of words and sentence length. Words with multiple symbols are harder to read. For example, the therapist with a full caseload rarely has copious time and energy to make understandable educational materials for each individual. Wow, that is a tough sentence to read. That's 20 words long, and six of those words have more than two syllables in them. So what was the meaning of the sentence? What did I just say? Well, if I put it into more basic terms, the full-time therapist doesn't often have extra time to make custom programs for each person. Now, granted, that was still 16 words long. However, only one of those words had more than two syllables. The second version is a lot easier to read and more understandable. The Fleshkincaid scale, so that's F-L-E-S-C-H-K-I-N-C-A-I-D scale, the Fleshkincaid scale, 
is a way to score the readability of text. I'm going to include a link in the bottom of this podcast for you to check it out as well. With a score ranging from 0, which is the hardest to read, to 100, which is the easiest to read. So for example, scholarly papers and research articles are usually on the lower end of the scale at about 16.8 score. And now remember, that's out of 100. So that means that those things are pretty difficult to read and at higher grade levels, such as higher education and college. And to give you an example of a lower grading reading level is an, a popular book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. This book is at the 10th grade reading level with a score of 58.9. So it's a little bit over halfway as far as ease of readability. J.K. Rowling and her Harry Potter series is at an 8th to 9th grade reading level with a score of 69. So again, we're a little bit higher up the scale. Closer to 100 means it's easier to read. And then Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson is at a 5th grade reading level with a score of 90. So that's even closer to 100. You can check readability using Microsoft Word or readability calculators on the internet. There is an editor icon in the File and Review tabs of Microsoft 365 that will calculate the readability of a document for you. You can also search online for, your, for instructions for the version of Word that you have to obtain these scores. When checking for a calculator on the internet, simply search the Flesh-Kincaid calculator and you will see several different options. Copy and paste about 100 to 200 words of the text to get an idea of the readability. Check the home programs you already have. I'll bet you will be surprised that most likely they're at your level of reading, which is a higher education level. The average American is at an 8th grade reading level, so you're not alone in providing educational information at too high of a level. I know that I've done it. The Texas Health and Human Services website has done it. And many of the places I've searched have a 10th grade or higher readability level of education provided for people seeking information about medical advice or diagnoses, um, treatments, etc. So not only is the reading average 8th grade, but when it comes to healthcare info, it's actually recommended that you give information at a 5th grade reading level. You want your clients to understand what you're giving them. If they don't, it's more likely to end up in the trash or on the floorboard of the, of the car. So why should you care about this? Well, if you provide clients with better readability um, handouts, you're going to improve the engagement with your client. You're going to improve their therapeutic outcomes because they're going to be able to understand what you're giving them and want to do it at home. It's going to improve your communication and rapport. And it's going to include overall client satisfaction. Remember, your handouts reflect who you are as a practitioner. So with that in mind, with readability in mind and tools to calculate levels, you can now make plans that are more clear, understandable, and simple. When that happens, your client will be able to help build that bridge instead of risk a mistake because they didn't understand the instructions. Thank you so much for listening to my first podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. The next episode, we'll talk about tips for increasing the ease of readability in your handouts. Please see below for the links on scales on the readability scale using the Flesh Kincaid method.